In this episode, student athletes, trekkers, and success in the new semester. From the heart of paradise, I'm Kara. And I'm Sarah. And this is PVB. And shout out to Eric, who's, of course, guiding us today as he directs this award-winning podcast. Hi, Eric. Hello, everyone. And I love that we can say award-winning podcast. Yes, me too. So we have lots planned for you guys today. So let's jump right into ads. This episode is brought to you by Third Quarter. We're back from winter break and we're starting the third quarter of the school year. Students and staff, we hope you got plenty of rest and are ready to hit the ground running this semester. Are you or someone you know interested in enrolling their kindergartner in PB schools? Our elementary schools are hosting kindergarten roundup events this month and next month. Be sure to check out the school's websites for more information. And do you want to learn more about the school closure and boundary review recommendations? Visit pvschools.net forward slash school closure or pvschools.net forward slash boundary review to see the recommendation at a glance and to learn more about the regional forums and the January 23rd public hearing of the PV Schools Governing Board. Are you excited to start your little one's journey of excellence but need more information about preschool? Check out Preschool Universe's virtual event on January 25th at 6 p.m. For more information, visit pvschools.net and the newsroom. So our first guest today is Sam Kramer, who is the Horizon High School Girls Swim and Dive Coach and was recently recognized by the Arizona Interscholastic Association and the National Federation of State High School Associations as the Dive and Swim Coach of the Year. Welcome, Sam, and congratulations. Thanks. Happy to be here. So we wanted to bring you on because, you know, you've had a lot of success at Horizon. You're a beloved coach. People think very highly of you, obviously. But, you know, we want you to talk about how do you build such great rapport with your athletes that you can drive them to succeed? I really don't think it's any different than what we do in the classroom. It's building confident and resilient young student athletes. I get asked all the time what my win-loss record was, and I don't know because the whole focus is on building character, inspiring amazing young men and women with strong values, acceptance for everyone, and a willingness to work together to try new things, being brave, being supportive. So I I don't have a good answer. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. It makes sense. I completely agree. So you, you, when you have athletes who come to you and they are maybe saying, coach, I'm struggling because my grades are suffering or my test was harder, things are going, you know, tough at home. How do you kind of bring them back together to keep them focused on student athlete, focusing on their grades, things will be okay at home, but you also have to focus on the athlete, the athletic side of you that we're doing today. We have a swim meet. You got to focus on this. How do you bring the kids together so they kind of stay encouraged? It's thriving on positivity. We have to build champions outside of the water in order to have champions in the water. So they really need to be a student first, and we need to help them build the skills and the resiliency to overcome anything they perceive as a failure in the classroom. Uh, And that translates directly into sport, right? Winning in, winning out of the water. Uh, And winning out of the water comes in, in the classroom and building relationships with their peers at school, with their classroom teachers, with administration, with everybody that's a stakeholder in the community. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, What advice do you have to those students who are thinking about potentially joining a sport but are feeling a little hesitant to do so? Uh, I say just give it a shot. The worst that happens, like anything, is if you don't try, you never know, right? So give it a shot and give it a try and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out as you were hoping, well, try again or try something else. Um, But I think the best thing we can do 
all the way through until we, you know, get a little further along into their careers is encouraging students to try as many things as they can in as many ways as they can. Well, and to your point, I think even if not every kid's going to be interested in sports, but just I think student involvement is very important. Before and after school activities, in PV schools, we have tons of opportunities where kids can get involved. It's very beneficial. And it sounds like you're saying the key to this is building the rapport, is building a strong relationship. Absolutely. If our student athletes believe in themselves and they can build relationships not only with their team, but with those around them or with the group that they're spending time with, then their program is going to thrive with positivity and everybody gets to win. Yeah, I love hearing that. So what advice do you have for students, you know, when we are coming up into spring events, not just sports, but clubs, activities, where can students go if they want to get involved with their school? Um, Most schools have their college and career center, their athletic office. Like, for example, at Horizon, we have a club wall where they can see what clubs are available to check out uh, and when those clubs meet and where. And most of the time, our college and career specialist does a great job of spreading the love of any visitors that are coming. I know our Military visits are a huge hit with our high school campuses. Um, They love interacting. Um, The Army does an amazing job. They do push-up competitions and all sorts of fun things. (laughs) I would fail, but yes. (laughs) Me too. We're not going to talk about that. Um, But, you know, there's lots of things that can be done. You know, it's clubs, it's sports, it's arts, all of it. And really, both myself and our entire administrative team at Horizon, we really try to attend everything we can. And we love to see our students involved. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, And again, congratulations. This has been uh, Sam Kramer. And up next, we have Dr. Bales in the state of the district. He went out to Desert Springs Preparatory Academy and spoke to our amazing athletes, our truckers. Hello, I'm Troy Bales, proud superintendent of Paradise Valley Schools. And today I'm live at Desert Springs Preparatory. And it's exciting because we're actually here before the start of the day. And with me for State of the District is Miss Teague, our sponsor for Desert Springs Trekkers. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Tell us a little bit about Desert Springs Trekkers. Yeah, so the kids come out here and they get to run the laps. Um, If they complete four laps, that's a mile. And most kids complete usually a mile per day. How long has this club been going on at Desert Springs? I think I can remember when my kids came through. The club has been going on for years. Um, We actually had a former teacher who started it, uh, but then we started it as a club this year. Um, And it's been about going on about eight weeks now. And how many miles do you think they've already run? I know you've got a scanner going on, so you're kind of tracking for them. Yeah, so they've ran about maybe... 500 miles. That's awesome. And will the club run all year then? Yes, they'll run all year until about May. That's exciting. And so I understand you have a leaderboard, so they get to see and get, uh, how they compare to other kids competing. Yeah, it's amazing. We get it and we keep it in the cafeteria. And so they get to just see them run the miles. I mean, some kids have completed up to 30 miles already. Part of our PV school strategic plan is about fitness and health. And so thank you for being here with me this morning and telling us about Trekkers. You know, one of the things that we also are going to do is talk a little bit about the 5K coming up. Paradise Valley Schools is a proud sponsor of a five community 5K run or walk event. And this year it is on February 3rd, Saturday, February 3rd. And joining me now to talk a little bit about our 5K is our coordinator for benefits, uh, Miss Dina Cabrera. Good morning, Dina. Good morning, Dr. Bales. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you for being out here with us. This is a lot of fun seeing these kids run and exercise kind of wish I would have worn my tennis shoes instead of my high boots. Well, you know, one of the things that uh, we're happy uh, to provide is this community fun run. And we've been doing it a long time, haven't we? 
we have, I think this is our 14th annual uh, fun run that we are be running from Horizon High School. I'm excited because it's my first year to actually be running it this year. And if you want to run it, you can run it. If you want to walk it, you can walk it. But now's the time to register. So how do people register on this uh, fun run to join us on Saturday, February 3rd at Horizon High School? Well, there's a link that's uh, live on our PV Schools website that you can, or you can email me and I will direct you how to get there. Or you can let your school administrator know that you would like to sign up if you can't find the link. And we have sites that sign up as a team, right? Or you can sign up just as a member. So you don't even have to be a student or a family of PV schools. You can be a member of our community and run with us, can't you? That's correct. In fact, we like to promote the community to come out and join us. It shows that it's PV schools. It's just not the sites. It's a community. Absolutely. So Horizon High School, Saturday, February 3rd, we have hundreds of people that show up every year. We're really excited about this again this year. Thank you for being here with me this morning and helping us kick off our PV Schools Fun Run in February and celebrating runners at Desert Springs. This has been State of the District. I'm Troy Bales. Have a great day. Thank you, Dr. Bales. That was a great segment. The kids loved seeing you out there. And again, it was kind of a fun thing to film, too. Okay, so up next, we have two very special guests. We have Dr. Corson and Dr. Jarris, who are the experts. They're here to talk to us today about what students and families can expect going into second semester. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you. And thank you for the vote of confidence of being an expert. Well, you guys are. You came highly recommended. So we want to talk to you guys today, but I'm going to let you guys do the talking. What are some things that students can do to prepare themselves for success in the new semester? Well, I think one of the uh, things that the semester break gives us is an opportunity to, to reflect on how we did and uh, perhaps how, what are some areas for improvement. So that's one of the things I would encourage students to do is to look back on first semester and celebrate where uh, they were successful. Uh, that could be an increasing in uh, reading skills or in math skills or joining new clubs, speaking as to what uh, Ms. Kramer was talking about, or just improving how they improved maybe just their ability to get their homework completed. And then also recognize where are some areas that they can target for improvement and establishing some goals. And I would really encourage that they sit down with parents and work through that and identify how they can uh, manage those goals and build in some systems for man uh, monitoring success and moving forward for the second semester. Yeah, that reflection is really important for students and for high school students especially. You know, this is a great time for them because it's almost a fresh start for them. As they start the second semester, their grades start over. And although the learning continues, you know, it's a really oppor a great opportunity for these students to set some goals. And we know it's an important time for many uh, grade levels at the high school. Seniors are starting to look towards graduation, post-secondary uh, opportunities. Juniors are getting ready for uh, state testing. But not only is it state testing, it's the precursor for college and uh, admissions, you know, for taking the ACT test. So it's an important time for these students. Oftentimes it's an exciting time period. Uh, sometimes it can be an anxious time period for these students as well. Well, yeah. And, you know, you guys both talked about setting goals. I imagine there's students who come back and parents, but maybe the kids didn't have the most successful first semester and they're feeling a little bit anxious and they're not sure about wanting to go back to school. But maybe speak to the kid or the families who struggled a little bit, but now they're starting to kind of pick up that momentum and figure out what they want to do, where they want to go. What are some tips you can give to the kids who maybe struggled a little bit? 
Well, I think a big part of that is mindset. You know, understanding that uh, you're not always going to be as successful as you want to be, and it, the important things that you're moving forward and and celebrating that movement forward along the way. And so, trying to find and wrap your head around the fact that while it wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be you probably did grow and that there's always opportunity to continue to grow. And then identifying what that system is that's gonna support you with that. Obviously parents are a big part of that. Uh, they sometimes can provide tutors or work with a, uh, the students after school, but also having that conversation with teachers. We have parent-teacher conferences at the end of January, but there's no reason to wait for that if you wanna sit down and reach out to the teacher and say, we're looking for an opportunity to uh, develop some systems to support our child, uh, I would encourage that conversation coming back because there are uh, all kinds of things that may be available to them. And uh, for example, one thing that would, you know, I think often gets missed is the value of student support groups. You know, that I think high school teachers and math will tell you that the students that tend to be most successful in higher math are the ones that have those conversations about math. They're part of a study group where they talk through problems and can support each other in that process. And so uh, there may be other students having some similar struggles for a semester, and if we can find a way to connect them, uh, whether that's before and after school clubs or uh, just opportunities to come in and talk to the teacher, uh, that might be uh, something that they could take advantage of. Yeah, there's lots of support structures at schools. We have counselors, social workers, caring adults, and for students to be able to find those individuals for which they really have a connection with and to leverage those different supports can really give them a, a help into the second semester. Great. So I think my last question here is where can parents go if they want to reach out to either get the support for their students or where can kids go? Do they just call the school? Do they go on a website? Where can people go to get those resources to kind of reach out and get that support for second semester? At the elementary level, I would say it definitely starts with the teacher, uh, because for one, you want to know what it is I'm look, what kind of support I'm looking for, what it is that, where I need the support, and so I would say at the elementary level, I'd start with your teacher or uh, the principal. But the teacher, I think, is a good knows you the best, knows what your strengths are and where you're perhaps needing some more support, and so uh, that would be the starting point for me at the elementary level. Yeah, and similar to the middle school and high school level, the teacher can be instrumental in, in getting the kid in the right direction. But in addition to that, we have school counselors at the middle school and high school level, and they can be really impactful and uh, informative to parents and students. Okay. Well, guys, we're so looking forward to second semester. We're happy to have you guys here. Thank you for joining us today. Good luck to all the students who are just returning from winter break. We know you're going to do great here in paradise. So our final guest for today is Gift, um, Karen Brown, the Director of Gifted Education. I almost said the Gifted Speaker, which she is that too. But she's here again to talk to us about our Gifted Speaker series. Welcome back, Karen. Hi. Thank you very much. We're happy to be back. So you've talked to us about two other Gifted Speaker series that we have this year. But let's talk about the next one coming up February 5th. Tell us about this guest speaker. Well, we are very excited for this guest speaker to come. We have talked with families about the elementary age students. We've talked about our preschool students, our early childhood students, and now it's time to talk about those tweens and teens. And we have Emily Kirscher Morris coming. She is going to be talking with us about how do we support those gifted and twice exceptional tweens and teens? How do we provide what they need? Can you explain a little bit more in detail the twice exceptional child? So a twice exceptional learner is a learner who has a gifted identification, but additionally, they are also dealing with some type of a disability. It might be ADHD. It might be autism. It can be a learning disability. It can be any number of things that are preventing them from accessing the curriculum in a manner that is commensurate with their intellectual abilities. 
Right. Okay. And it sounds like um, Emily's a real expert on this. I know she has the Neurodivergent podcast and she's authored two different books where she talks about kind of the nuances of working with gifted and twice exceptional children. Her podcast is amazing. I encourage any parent to listen to that. Neurodiversity simply means that a brain is working differently and all gifted learners are neurodiverse. And on that note of neurodiverse, you know, raising teenagers can be a bit of a roller coaster, as we like to call it. But adding in giftedness or twice exceptional can create additional challenges. So how do people navigate this? How do students navigate this? How do parents navigate this? Well, and that's just it. It is a roller coaster. And it is very stressful. And we see high levels of anxiety, not only with parents, but with students. All of us, as we think about our our middle school years and our Mm -hmm. high school years, some years were great. Some years were not great. And so having some strategies in place, the more tools we can put in the toolbox, not only of the students, but of their parents to be able to move forward. And that's one reason why we love having Emily come and talk to parents, because she's full of tools. And that's what they need. Yeah. Well, and last time you were on, we talked about how a lot of times adults expect gifted kids to suddenly be more mature or more prepared or more organized. And we realize oftentimes, again, intellectually, they have a higher IQ, but you said it very well. They deserve to be that age because they're only that age once. So we don't want to force them into quicker adulthood because they're more intelligent or to surpass things that they would celebrate as tweens and teens. Absolutely. We want them to enjoy those years. There are so many milestones that happen when you're in high school, getting that driver's license, going to prom, all of the things that make high school fun for kids, athletics, fine arts, all of those things. So yes, intellectually, I may be functioning at a collegiate level. That doesn't mean that I don't want to go to prom. That doesn't mean that I'm not stressed over friendships. Those are difficult times. And we find that gifted kids have that anxiety piece that just kind of escalates. So we want to talk with them about, you know, what do you do when it's hard to make a friend? What do you do when you're feeling overwhelmed? Because I may feel overwhelmed about something that you didn't feel overwhelmed about. So, Karen, we have our next event February 5th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at Paradise Valley High School. Where can parents go if they're interested in attending? So they can go to our gifted website. They can also reach out through United Parent Council. You do not have to register to attend the event. It will be streamed. So we are hoping that um, we can get as many families as possible to get this information. We're very excited to have her. I am too. And I plan on attending this event, by the way, for my teenage son. Well, thank you again for joining us. We're so happy that you came back and um, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, So Kara, that's been the podcast. For more information on the many journeys of excellence, you can visit pvschools.net or you can find PV Schools on social media by searching at PV Schools. Make sure to support student success by liking, commenting and sharing. And as always, support the podcast by rating us on Apple and Spotify and sharing our new episodes.